the Spice Girl. What's uh, Victoria Beckham? Oh, Beckham. Victoria Beckham, where she's like on that couch and her leg is up, and, she, and it's always like when you have tea to spill to your friends. That's how I feel <laughs> almost kind of. I was just going to name like the Spice Girls like using their like. I posh mean, she spice, was, yeah, she is posh. Spice. Is she posh? Okay. Yeah, apparently they're getting um, back together for like a 25th anniversary thing or not 20, maybe not 25, but whatever anniversary it is coming up that they have. I honestly didn't realize that it was Victoria Beckham. The only one I knew was Mel B before. Oh, she's scary spice. Oh, is she? See, I didn't even Mm -hmm. know that. I just watched her on America's Got Talent. Yeah, I don't remember the other. I mean, I know like Baby Spice, Sporty Spice. Bitch Spice. Huh? (laughs) <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> bitch spice. <laughs> well, there's sporty spice, baby spice, posh spice, scary spice, and I feel like there's a fifth one. Bitch spice. I don't. It's not bitch <laughs> spice girls. <laughs> oh, Welcome to Hysterical History, where we sit down, talk about our favorite stories, and of course, laugh. Your hosts are Whitley Trussler and Emily Gummery. All right, let's get this show started. All right, so picture it. Oh boy. Sicily, 1922. <laughs> Did I just enter a Golden Girls episode? <laughs> yeah, no, it's actually the town of Argonia, Kansas. In 1887. Stop it. I'm going to tell you today about the first woman mayor elected in America in Argonia, Kansas in 1887. And her name was Susanna Salter. And she was just one of a few women who were elected during the years after the Civil War when women were pushing for more political rights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we will see. Susanna didn't want to be mayor. And it's a really funny and interesting story on how she becomes mayor. Okay. Um, and it has to do with stupid men, which is not shocking. Mm-hmm. That's the theme throughout history. Honestly. So, Susanna, she was born in 1860, so by the time she's mayor, if you think about it, it's only she's only 27 years old when she gets elected. Oh, dang. Yeah, so she's pretty young. Um, but you'll appreciate this. She was born in Belmont County, Ohio. Nuh-uh. Yeah. Oh, my God, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You're, wait, you're from Belmont County, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. Oh my gosh, I didn't think anything exciting happened there. I well, know, because I lived there. <laughs> yeah, it didn't happen there, but she was born there, I which know, is that's cool. that's still exciting. Like, yeah. nobody's born there. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, were. I was born there, but like, I mean, like, that came out so stupid, but like, nobody's special, like, exciting, like, but like, my my hometown, we have nobody. Well, this is pretty cool. You can tell your Nina. Oh, yeah. Nina about will this. love this. Um, but, yeah, she was born in Belmont County, Ohio. Um, and she was the daughter of two Quaker colonists, actually, from England. Mm-hmm. Um, and they actually came to America with William Penn's colonists on their first ship, the Welcome. Oh. So she's, like, legitimately 
from a Quaker family. Yeah. And actually, the community they moved to in Kansas is also a small Quaker town, um, and it only has about four or 500 people in the town at the time. Mm. They definitely know all your business there. Oh, yeah. Of course. <laughs> Which actually helps, I think, explain this ridiculous story a little bit, knowing that it's a small town. Gotcha. Not that most towns were very big in 1887. Especially, but... like, move, like, as you get further west. Yeah, exactly. Um So she actually moved to Kansas when she was 12 with her parents and they opened up a little hardware store and then she ended up marrying um, Lewis Salter, who was an attorney and he was also the son of a former Kansas lieutenant governor. So she's living this pretty, you know, plain life, moved out west with her family, settles down. They got married pretty soon after they met and... She actually had the first baby in Argonia, like the first baby born in Argonia. Because it was a lot of firsts. Yeah. Well, it was just so early in the settlement period Mm -hmm. that they moved there that, yeah, she, well, when I looked it up, it said the first white baby. So that makes me suspect there was probably another first baby Mm. that was not white. So obviously they weren't counted. Correct. Which is sad. But. And annoying. Susanna had the first white baby. White. White. Okay. And she was active politically in the Women's Christian Temperance Union and the Prohibition Party organizations. So she she did have a little bit of political activity, but for the most part, she just wanted to live her life at home with her mm-hmm. kids and yeah. taking care of the household. Yeah. Which is pretty straightforward for the time. Mm-hmm. The town actually wasn't incorporated until 1885. So this is two years before she becomes mayor. Mm. This burgeoning little town out in Kansas ends up electing the first mayor in the United States, which is crazy. So Susanna's father, Oliver, was actually the first mayor and her husband was the first city clerk. So they're a political family. Oh, um, they're but, affluent. Yeah, but I'm sure that's not hard in a town of five hundred people no probably although not. i guess it's probably a big popularity contest and coming from a small town oh most definitely yeah and i wonder it makes me also wonder like back in that time most now correct me if i'm wrong but it seems like most of the time especially in like small little towns as you go out to the west had like one whole lawyer one whole doctor one whole sheriff Right. Like, no deputies, no whatever, whatever. Like, just a sheriff. So I'm wondering if he was, like, her husband was the clerk because he was, like, the only lawyer. Yeah. I mean, and they're that like, makes that makes sense. He has the the best background for the job. He has a degree. He 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 does some stuff more than we do. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So they were like, okay, you can be city clerk. That's probably exactly what happened. Yeah. But I wonder... it. Def- it Sounds like it's probably popularity contest with the father. I'm sure they had a lot of like uppity uppity like uh just because they were like the first they sound like the first family. Yeah. A lot of influence. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I meant when I said yeah, uppity uppity. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I got the it. words weren't there. I got you. <laughs> 
Um, but two years after it was incorporated in 1885, Kansas legislature, so the state legislature, gave franchise to women in first, second, and third class cities. Argonia was classified as a third class city, so women were eligible to vote. So in 1887, which is when Susanna becomes mayor. Yeah, it makes me feel like they're like, oh, you don't have a lot of pool nationally, Mm -hmm. so we'll let you elect a lady. (laughs) That's what it sounds like. We'll get there. I do like that theory. (laughs) Um, But yeah, she was part of the Prohibition Party, which we can all probably guess what their party platform is. We have no idea. I'm just kidding, yeah. Temperance. So, yeah, known for their opposition to consumption of alcoholic beverages. Mm -hmm. Um, They're also the oldest existing third party in the United States, and they're the third longest active party. So this party is still functioning today. It's 152 years old. If you are a part of the Prohibition Party, let us know. (laughs) For no other reason than I just have some questions. It has to be like five people. They hold zero seats. Like, do you anywhere? S- do you still believe in no alcohol? They do. But I, I had to look this up because there's a lot of stuff going on, and I feel like in the world right now you need the alcohol. So, like, do they still believe in no alcohol? Well, like, they're really interesting because they have this mix of liberal and very conservative policies. So. They support women's suffrage, equal racial and gender rights, equal pay, equal income tax, but economic or uh, <laughs> environmental regulations. But they still don't support consumption of alcohol, hmm. and also other stuff like abortion. Um, and they're also right leaning in terms of economics too. But they're pretty actually, for the most part, it seems from what I read, socially liberal, hmm. which is surprising coming from a party. Who wishes to ban alcohol? Yeah. But anyways. We digress. Uh, yes. That has a much different, it had a much different impact then versus now. I mean. Nobody's will, voting for that. Oh, no. <laughs> they actually put up a presidential candidate, apparently, every election that we just don't know about. They've had a presidential candidate every year that they've been able to over their 152 year history. But the last time they had a candidate that received over 100,000 votes was in 1948. And in 1976 was the last time they ever received 10,000 votes. Basically, <laughs> after World War II, they just continued to decline. They, they hold zero seats in government. Gotcha. But they're still going. So good for them. Everybody was like, after Hitler, we need that alcohol. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But we'll we'll jump back. I just thought that party was really interesting. No, and the fact is, that they're yeah. still active is bizarre. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Susan was a supporter of that party. And then, like I mentioned earlier, the Women's Christian Temperance Union, which I'm just going to refer to moving forward, the union, because that's kind of a mouthful to say every time. And that it's important in the story. Okay. Um, but it was organized in Argonia in 1883, so two years before the city was incorporated. Susanna was already involved in the union. And then with the right to vote, their group decided 
they really wanted to push state prohibition law for alcohol, like really hard in terms of politics. So basically this whole organization was just kind of like not lobbying. I don't know if they were activists either, if you could call them activists. They, they were, were just, just pushing for this one specific law. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, they actually, the union selected their own ticket of candidates that they would put up for the election. Mm -hmm. um, so they were like, okay, so we think this person should be mayor, this person should be clerk, you know, whatever elected positions there were. And they selected a ticket of all men. Men in Argonia are not happy that the women get the right to vote. Also not surprised. Yeah. So they actually started going to the union's caucus, um, heckling the women, intruding into their affairs, and they were essentially trying to intimidate these women into not participating in political life. I'm so done with these men. Yeah, exactly. And they were like, hey, we're at this meeting of the women's temperance union. Minding our business. Yeah, the women are minding their That's business. That's what I mean. They're yeah. minding their business. Yeah, but the men come in and are like, wait, I think you should put these people on the ticket. But they were voted down. The women were like, get out of here. Yeah. As they should. Yes. But then, every time men do something, something happens that's negative. Yes, but this time, <laughs> the men do something that is really amazing. Mm-hmm. On accident. <laughs> yeah, that's the okay. <laughs> that's the that's the whole that's the whole thing. Accident. Yeah. So the two men from this group who went to the caucus where the union was picking their their ticket and how they were going to vote. They came back to this other group of men, like the group they were involved in. So 20 of them meet in this local restaurant, and they're like, we're going to teach these women a lesson. <laughs> because that's, that's, anytime that's ever happened, that's gone so well. Yeah, and it doesn't. It does not, shockingly, it does not go well for these men. They actually, they draw up a slate of candidates identical with what the union created. So the union ticket to a T. Except for the office of mayor, they substituted in Susanna Salter's name. So the union, which was made up of all ladies. Yes. Created a ticket. Yeah, of how they were going to encourage people to vote. And it was all men? Yes. So what was their problem? If it's, I, so this... I'm confused at what the men's problem is. If they're not on their own being like women for every position what is your actual problem they didn't want the, the women fact voting. that they're thinking for themselves i mean yeah i just don't like what i gathered is that they were upset that kansas gave women the right to vote in that year and they were like you know what we should teach we're gonna embarrass these women move find another state to live in kansas doesn't want you anyway i would assume <laughs> I'm not from there and I don't live there. I'm assuming. That's yeah. So I, annoying. So, okay. You may, you may say this, but now, now I'm getting hot. <laughs> I'm starting to sweat. <laughs> I'm getting annoyed. So are you then telling me like, what is, what lesson do they think will be taught? So they're trying like, to because then they're just going to get more mad if she does a terrible job. And all they have to thank is themselves, which well, I'm sure she's not going to do a terrible job. I'm just saying, like, what, what, what do they get out of that? So here's the, here's 
the gist that I got is that they wanted to embarrass them and say like, oh, like nobody voted for like this person who leads your organization. Like, see, women don't like deserve to be in politics. So they thought that they would put their ticket up and Susanna would only get the 20 votes of these men who were coming up with a stupid plan. Their to first embarrass. mistake was they thought. Period. <laughs> that that's the whole thing. That's type that up, put it in a letter, letter and send it. That's that's it. That's, that's my letter to the editor. <laughs> mm. So, they thought that it would embarrass these women and it would curb their political activities. So, Susanna was chosen as the target of this prank simply because she was the only officer of the union, so presiding position of leadership, Mm -hmm. that lived within the city limits. So that was a requirement to be mayor. You had to live within city limits. So she was it. So just by chance, she gets put on the ballot. And this could actually be done by surprise at the time because candidates didn't have to file before election day. So they just... This faction had their ballots printed with Susanna's name for mayor on it without asking her or telling her. So she showed up and was like, why is my name here? (laughs) No, actually. So early on election day, everybody was shocked. They're like, why the hell is Susanna Salter on the ballot for mayor? What is going on? So the chairman of the Republican Party in Argonia sent a delegation to see Susanna and they found her just like, washing her family's clothes at her house. <laughs> minding? Again, yes. a woman minding her business. Yes. And these men interrupting that. Exactly. <laughs> so the, the Republican Party goes, and they're like, Mrs. Salter, here's what's going on, okay? Would you accept the office if you won? Girl. And she was like, I mean, okay. And they said, all right. Well, the Republican Party's going to vote for you, and we're going to show those fellas a thing or two. Wait. <laughs> Wait. Pause. Rewind. Hit play. So you're telling me a group of men are like, we're going to teach that broad a lesson. And then another group of men are like, we're going to teach them a lesson about teaching you a lesson, and we're voting for you. 100% is what happened. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, my God. And if I ever hear a man say one more time, women are so complicated, I'm going to throw this story at them. They're like, women are too emotional to be in politics, and then this happens. And then they whine. (laughs) Who's, who, I can't, I have no words. Well, so here, the Republicans, they get her saying, okay, yeah, I mean, I'll do it if I get elected, but whatever. (laughs) And... All day, they campaigned for her to get out the vote, to get people to go vote for Susanna Susanna Salter. And Mr. Salter, her husband, he was an early voter. He was actually angry when he saw that his wife's name was I'm on the sure ballot. I'm sure he was. Yeah, I mean, that's shocking. <laughs> because to him, I'm sure it was like, and his initial thought was, she's running for an office and didn't tell me. Exactly. Like, right now, if I did that, Nihilus would be pissed too. Yeah, He'd be I'm, like, why did you not tell me you're running for a political yeah, office? right. It's a big deal. So he goes home, and then his wife says, oh, yeah, I said I'd do it if they elected me. And he was like, WTF, Susanna. 
<laughs> we didn't talk about this. <laughs> right. But she's like, whatever. She, I'm, I'm undeterred by this. I'm going to keep going. So <laughs> I love this woman. <laughs> she just like took the reins and she's like, well, they gave it, you know, they, she basically said, checkmate. <laughs> yeah, she did. So she goes to the polls around 4 p.m. with her parents. She votes. Um, she didn't think it was proper to vote for yourself, so she just left mayor blank. So she didn't give anybody else the Aww, vote. That's the type of people we need in politics. Yeah, exactly. She's just like a really sweet, normal person who happened to get thrown on the ballot by 20 shitty men. We should add, listen, we should add that to the rules of being in a political office if you had to pick between voting for yourself or not, would you? And if anybody says yes, they don't get to be in politics. That's fair. I, <laughs> yeah, I would support somebody who's not that selfish that they're like, well, I'm going to vote for myself. Yeah. If the answer is no, I'd leave it blank or I'd vote for someone else. Sign them up. Yeah. Well, Susanna doesn't vote for herself, but she also doesn't vote for the original person the union said should be mayor. And actually, everybody in the union, all the women, ended up really rallying their numbers. And they went, and they all voted for her. And guess what? Shocker. She wins the election, but she wins the election with two-thirds majority of votes. So everybody so but those lied. group of men <laughs> that no, put they, her name on there. They voted for her, too, because that was the joke. They were like, she'll only get 20 votes. Oh, I thought the joke was like they are going to put her on there, and then no one would vote for her. Well, yeah, because they weren't going to vote for her at all either. No, weirdly, their plan was I don't get that. Their plan was to vote for her again. Men are so dumb. I don't know. why. I eat these men. Don't come at me in the comments. (laughs) (sighs) But yeah, instead of the 20 votes that they intended for her to get from them. They essentially handed a woman the election, which is what they didn't want. Correct. They didn't want women involved in politics at all. Now. She's their mayor. This is why women should be in politics, because y'all can't. It's <laughs> just so dumb. <laughs> right. So here, okay, so intent, humiliate women. What actually happens, they elect the first woman mayor in the history of the United States. <laughs> so <laughs> this was hilarious, right? <laughs> oh God. It's so stupid that. Only men. <laughs> yeah, but well, the great thing is, though, everybody adjusted to her <laughs> time in the office. I and can't even handle this. <laughs> her husband even adjusted <sighs> to her being the mayor, and he started making jokes about being the husband of the mayor. So he was just like having fun oh, with it. We stand like, him. Yes, we stand Louis Salter. Mm. Um, and I completely I hope he under- went to heaven. Oh, for sure. That city clerk went right to heaven. Mm. Those 20 men. I don't know where they went. double hockey sticks. (laughs) I don't know. It could go either way because they kind of precipitated this. But they did it out of like. Spite. Yes, spite. And they did it with a negative intent. H-E double hockey sticks. Yeah. I, I just, when I saw this story, I just. Your reaction. I was laughing because the stupidity. <laughs> so And of course <laughs> Kansas. Like <laughs> Well, another funny part is that five of the members of the town council who were being elected that year as well, three of them were in that group of twenty pranksters. 
So oh, now so she then was her their boss. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, listen, karma, karma. You no, listen. I live my life. I never have to do a single thing to anyone because karma will always get you. Karma got them. It did, and. Even better, she was good at her job. Yeah, she was. So at the first council meeting, she walks in and she says, Gentlemen, you are the duly elected officials of this town. I am merely your presiding officer. She let the councilmen take the lead in running their own domain, and she Mm. ran her domain. So it was a really harmonious relationship between the mayor and the council. It worked out really well because she was like, I'm going to do my job. You do your job. Perfect. And that's how it worked. That's how it should work. Exactly. So it was pretty uneventful term in office, but it was a smooth term of office. And Susanna gets a lot of both national and international recognition for one being the first woman Mm -hmm. elected to the mayoral office. And Mm -hmm. then two, it's just a ridiculous story. Yeah, but that we've never heard of now. Right. Like, I've never heard of this woman until right this second. I mean, like, it's crazy. This is important information. Yes. And hilarious. Dr. McDaniel, if you're listening, (laughs) add this into your course. Yes. Also, Amanda Haney check, because that would be a good addition to her feminism class, too. Yeah, for sure. Mm. We'll send this episode to Amanda and just make her listen until she. We're not going to warn her. She's just going to listen and hear her name called out. As one does. As yes. Because <laughs> we don't give anyone it's heads up. Happened to me up. several times. <laughs> Just like Susanna didn't get any heads up about becoming the first mayor of the United <laughs> in the United States. We now write the new course material yeah. at Marietta. <laughs> Shot. I'm so sorry. Nobody sent an email. We're telling you now. After the decision President has been made. Ridge just like course material is just Emily and Whitley's podcast. That's all you have to teach. <laughs> I would take those courses. I, why would you take them? We're doing them. I mean, if I was a student, oh, I would I enjoy like, wait a minute. listening to podcasts for my coursework is really what I'm saying. I feel like that's the future. Oh, for sure. Hmm. Um, but actually reporters would come and sit in on the council meetings just to report on how the first female mayor was doing. So the New York Sun was there and left being really impressed by how well she handled the men. Mm. So she handled the meetings with a firm hand and anytime it would get off track, she'd be like, men focus. Like this is what we're talking about. Hmm. So he was really, Hmm. who were the ones that could not focus? Hmm. Yeah. Well, he put in his story that she always was checking discussions that were irrelevant, keeping it on track. And she was a great parliamentarian. So essentially she was a really good mayor. We stand her. And she had a great decorum and she was great at leading these men who like thought it was a joke to put her on the ballot and she ended up being their boss. So that's impressive. And the, a reporter asked her, so, you know, what is your budding political career going to look like? And then she was like, um, yeah, I'm going to be glad when my term of office expires and will be happy to devote myself back to my family like I've done before. You know, oh. I'm just going to go back to my regular life. This was fun, but... Mm. So, and that's what she did. She never ran for election again. She only did the one term. Good so for her. Yeah. So she was 
the mayor for one year. And our mayor's only I don't know. Year? At this point, the town has only existed for two years, so we, I oh. don't know. <laughs> sure, I was like, of, that seems short. Yeah, it's very short. <laughs> but this is also funny, though. There were newspapers that were reporting that after the election happened, the morals of the little town became more strict than ever. And <laughs> men actually thought to be able to go out in public, they needed to put on clean clothes and like polish their boots before they ever consulted the mayor about anything. Like, they would get dressed up and, like, look all nice and proper before they talked to Mrs. Susanna Salter. Which, to me, is so like, you she, te- puts you in her, she put everybody in their place. Yeah, but, like, are you telling me that they weren't wearing clean clothes before? I, I mean, it is 1887 <laughs> in the West. <laughs> I feel yeah, like they but probably took a bath like once a month. Yeah, but you should still have clean clothes. I mean, you go to the river and you scrub a dub dub in the river and then you <laughs> hang your calandra out to dry. Like you should still have clean clothes. Well, guess what? Score for hygiene because Susanna <sighs> became mayor. Good um, for her. But then other I'm Kansas- sure their wives thanked her too. They're like, damn, John came home smelling real good today. <laughs> didn't sound like you laid in a patch of manure (laughs) (laughs) actually a lot of people were sending letters to Susanna letters of congratulations some coming from nobility in France Italy Germany Austria like dang yeah she was a big deal and she got letters from feminists uh feminist leaders encouraging her um in her time in office but it's really funny she had no money allotted for her official stationery as mayor and her salary was actually one dollar for the year wait what yes so just by answering her quote unquote fan mail in office she spent several times her salary of one whole dollar for the year but one paper wrote she's a frontiersman's wife possessed of brawn and sinew Rather than pleasing plumpness of form, she talks in an easy, confident style, in fairly good English, in which the Western mixture of tenses becomes prominent. She is always properly dignified, and in all the experience of Argonia, has never been known to crack a joke in the council chamber. Hey, y'all. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Gummy and Jean's Hysterical History. Laugh with us next week as we talk about Adolf Eichmann. He's a Nazi. And of course, don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts.